survival of the fit, only the strong survive. Yo, we live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only survival of the fit, only strong in between. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, had uh, a week behind us, the old Thanksgiving week. We had three games Thursday, one game Friday, a Sunday night game, a Monday night game. Not a lot of action Sunday because they spread it out like crazy, and then we're coming back this week with six teams on the bye, so kind of messy, kind of sloppy schedule-wise, and where, where guys are playing, setting lineups, guys being active and not a little bit of a disaster here as we're pushing for the fantasy playoffs. But with all that said, Walk, how are you and where you want to get started? Uh, I, you're right. It's disaster. You know, you and I were talking before we went live in one of our leagues. You, you still had to explain to me how the league works. <laughs> Some are just far too sophisticated for my simple brain. But yeah, week 13 buys. Chicago Bears, Buffalo Bills, New York Giants, Las Vegas Raiders, Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, we go from a week with no buys to, you know, now back to six buys in week 13 as we are, you know, barreling down, you know, the the fantasy playoff uh, path uh, at this point in time. And it's been a it's been a crazy season, um, you know, for for fantasy football. And it's been a it's been a subpar season for real football, in my opinion. I think the product's been been terrible. So many quarterback injuries and so much subpar play. Um, don't know what to make of it, but yeah, you know, still we uh, we forge on, John. Yeah. You know, so we what else are we gonna do? Oh, I got, I got something for you to do. You ready for this? You tried to accept your trade last night when uh, the, the scores went final. You need to drop two players so that trade will process. By the way. Oh, okay. So. We'll do. <laughs> Apparently, we're competitive in that league. So, no, I'm not. That's why. No, I said apparently. Apparently, we are. Oh, you and Jerry. I I share that league with Madman. Did you offer me Debo in that the first time? Was it Debo and Lockett? Maybe. Did you do Debo in the tight end? I'd prefer this one, but (laughs) we we can we can negotiate off the air. (laughs) More than Lockett really does me no good. It's just because he was one of the two guys you offered at first. We really need tight end help, but yeah, let's uh, let's chat um, more as uh, as the week goes on. But yeah, so you know, Thanksgiving in the rear view. Um, you know, now we're on to lucky number thirteen. So we have a, a big week uh, of review with all thirty-two teams playing. Uh, so why don't we just we'll dive right into some of these one key stats. Um, before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the, this episode, so we'll start off with those Thanksgiving Day games. Um, again, seems like a lifetime ago. There's three of them. The Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions 29 to 22. The Packers are now five and six on the season. Lions fall to eight and three. Jordan Love just continues to exploit bad secondaries. In his last two games, he has combined for 590 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, with a 68 percent completion percentage. I still don't believe he's good. But you put him against subpar secondaries, the Chargers and the Lions, and listen, he can get it done, and he still has a ton of weapons to throw to, and it's clear. No Aaron Jones means they're not going to try to run the ball because A.J. Dillon stinks. So as long as uh, that formula persists, 
you can start Jordan Love and you can start his pass catchers as well. From that game there, on to the is NFC. Is there no chance? Is there no chance he's good? The guy I I've I Jordan liked him Love. to start the year. Then I thought he stunk. <clears throat> then I kind of I've wavered. So now I, I think I've come back to I think he's good. So I'm not quite sure. They're they're on Sunday Night Football this week hosting the Chiefs. Should be interesting because he's going to have to, you know, chase, you know, keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. They're a six and a half point dog in the game. I think he earned another year personally because um, they're they're too good. I think to get into this quarterback sure. you know, arms race. So I think he's earned another year, and I think that contract, the way he structured it, um, makes it, you know, easy to to retain him for one more year. So I think he stays around for a year and he's been decent and I can't, can't begrudge the kid. I mean, and, and we're talking about such a shitty season, you know, tons of quarterbacks going down. Jordan loves probably a borderline QB one, I would assume uh, on the season. And that's, that's all you can really hope for. Right. At the, at the end of the day for these guys, whether he's good or not, I think is still uh still subject for debate, but listen, I have him in a super flex league. <laughs> And he's, I have, it was an auction and I have Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes as my one and two. And I had love as my QB three and more often than not love has outscored one of them on my bench. Yeah, Jordan love is quarterback 13 on the season. So right oh, I got him at nine. Mm-hmm. I got him at nine on fantasy pros. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, this is a default setting on FF today. So if we look at like FFPC, he's. He's twelve there, so ten points. Where. Ten points less than Mahomes on fantasy pros. Yeah, uh, no, he's at ten using ESPN scoring. You know, but whatever. He's a he's a fringy QB one. You know, and there's really no no begrudging it. He's got a lot of young targets to to grow with. But this is no Jordan Love podcast. This is uh, one key stat podcast. So <laughs> the Washington Commanders get. Absolutely shellacked by the Dallas Cowboys, forty-five to ten. Cowboys go to eight and three. Commanders fall to four and ten, four and eight. Um, no one's been hotter in November than Dak Prescott. In four starts, he's averaged three hundred and twenty-four and a half yards passing, three point three touchdowns with only point three interceptions. He's completed sixty-eight percent of his passes too, and he's doing a little bit on the ground. That roughly three carries for twelve yards, and he has scored one rushing touchdown during that span. He's been absolutely on fire. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, the NFC plays out. And Tony Tony Pollard's actually shown signs of life the last two weeks as well, so that's nice. Um, in my main league, he's doing it just soon enough for it not to matter for me, so that's good. Sunday night game, San Francisco 49ers, 31. Your Seattle Seahawks, 13. 49ers go to 8-3 and three on the season, same as the Cowboys. Seahawks fall to 6-4. and four. CMC sure knows how to get a new TD streak started putting two on the ground versus Seahawks. He is up to 16 touchdowns on the season. That is 1.45 touchdowns per game for CNC. He is unreal. Getting off of Thanksgiving onto the Sunday slate. The Saints lose to the Falcons 24 to 15. Both teams five and six on the season is clearly feed Bijan, right? Finally got 16 touchdowns, 91 yards, rushing touchdown, Another three receptions, 32 yards, and a receiving touchdown. He now is a rushing TD in three of his last four games. Uh, hopefully, Arthur Smith keeps giving his first-round draft pick the ball down the stretch. Bijan could be a rookie year league winner. The, the worst game before Monday night happened in Cincinnati, where the Steelers beat 
the Jake Brownings, the fighting Jake Brownings, 16 to 10. The Steelers are now seven and four on the year. The Bengals fall to five and six. It is over. No matter what Zach Taylor says, it's over in Cincinnati. The Steelers offense, quote unquote, exploded for 421 yards of offense. The first time they didn't do it in the entire Matt Canada era. So he's fired. Boom. 400 <laughs> yards of offense. But still only managed 16 points, even though they had the ball for over 37 minutes on Sunday and the Bengals could do nothing. It's They still cannot get in the end zone. Your boy Deontay Johnson, we're going to have to talk about him. Um, they're still a run-based offense yeah, at the end of the day. They were just productive, more productive on a play-in and play-out basis and frying without a monster. But still, they only went 16 to 10. It's it, it was ugly, 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 ugly. Another division game, the Jacksonville Jaguars head, headed, headed, heated, hooted, went down to Houston, Texas to defeat the C.J. Stroud Texans, 24-21. The Jaguars also 8-3 on the year. Texans 6-5. and C.J. Stroud was responsible for roughly 89% of the Texans' offense on Sunday and is clearly a locked and loaded Dynasty QB1. It's going to be interesting to see where he is ranked in Dynasty rankings this offseason with some of the other young quarterbacks that are coming in, you know, a lot of the established veterans that have just come kind of held the top ranks for the last several years. It's going to be hard for me to keep CJ Stroud out of my top six. Do you, I, I saw, I think it was, might, might've been D bro. Could have been somebody else. Uh, someone on Twitter had a poll. Who do you have higher right now? Justin Herbert or CJ Stroud? I'd uh, go with Stroud. Me too. And I love Herbert. It's just, he's, I don't know. I mean, Brandon Staley's not going to be around for long, but I, just can't figure out that team. I mean, their their GM, their ownership. It's there's it's all a problem. And he's tied there for the foreseeable future. Still better than Carolina. Tis. <laughs> Tis. Old chap, old chap. Yeah, old chap. You know, Buck stops here. That's what the man, the billionaire says. You know, shocker. All right. Back on track. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, to lose to Gardner Minshew and the Colts, 27 to 24. The Colts are six and five on the season, while the Bucs fall to four and seven. Mike Evans and Jonathan Taylor were both hanging out in a two tutty club on Sunday night. Jonathan Taylor now with a uh, hand injury where the rest of his season is quote unquote in doubt. So that's awesome. He's finally starting to get on track, multiple touchdown games, and he might be shut down too because why not? It's the 2023 fantasy season. Oh, I said the worst game before Monday happened in Cincinnati. Uh, I was wrong. It happened in uh, MetLife Stadium. The New England Patriots. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Fell to the New York Giants. 10-7. to The Giants are 4-8. The Patriots fall to 2-9. and They are clearly, quote-unquote, going for it. And uh, trying to secure Drake May for, for whomever is their next head coach. But... On the plus side, Ramondre Stevenson has received more than 20 carries in each of the last two games. It's taken long enough, but they're clearly not even trying to throw the ball anymore. doesn't matter who the quarterback is, some hodgepodge of Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. But the constant is just hand Ramondre Stevenson the ball. Let's, let's get this game over with. So he's going to be productive uh, through the remainder of the season. But that game was god-awful. And... Uh, I heard a stat that was something about the Patriots are the first team in NFL history to lose back-to-back games by with and, and only allow 10 or fewer points in each game. <laughs> so it's new levels of ineptitude in Foxborough. 
I mean, what's is that even? I mean, what's the fix? Like everything. Like I, yeah. I mean, they haven't had good wide receivers for the most part throughout all of the Brady era. It's not. I mean, obviously, quarterback play is complete dog shit. Running back Stevenson's good. Zeke's been okay in splash. Like I don't even. I thought of that while I was <laughs> perusing through that game on Sunday. Like I don't even see a path to fixing that. I mean, what, I don't even know where you would start. Yeah, I mean, Landon Drake May doesn't miraculously solve their yeah institutional problems. They they cannot evaluate wide receivers. I mean, that's just clear. Bill Belichick has never drafted a even passable level. NFL wide receiver. Um, it is it is time they've traded for or you know acquired, they acquired just about every one of them that, that I can recall. Um, Demario Douglas and the guy that's on the Jacoby Myers are you can say the two best rookies they've ever brought in. Yeah, I was trying. I'm like trying to go back. Like, was he responsible for drafting Deion Branch? Maybe. I don't yes. Know, was he the GM then? I think they had this title forever. Um, but that's it. I mean, but yeah, they that's have, how you have to go back to Deion Branch to even <laughs> come up with a third name. Yeah. And they let Jacoby Myers go, these fucking idiots. <laughs> so they're yeah. not even good. So not even good pay, at that. So they could pay Juju Smith Schuster the same exact <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I get the guy that knows your system has been productive. Let's let's go with the, the TikTok dancer, you know, whose stats have got worse every year since uh since he left Pittsburgh. But Regardless, um, yeah, there's no fix, uh, no no end in sight. The Patriots will be mire, mired in obscurity uh, for the rest of our adult lives, John. The Carolina Panthers mentioned them already. They lose in Tennessee to the Titans, seventeen to ten. Titans are at four and seven on the year. Panthers are one in ten. Frank Reich was fired because David Tepper is a billionaire narcissist. Um, <laughs> Just I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, Tepper came out today and was saying something that they thought that uh, uh, that Bryce Young was going to go first, and that they were they were planning to take C.J. Stroud, but that everyone in the building had Bryce Young as their top pick. I don't believe that for literally one second. I I am reasonably confident that Reich and Josh uh, McCown wanted C.J. Stroud <laughs> the entire time. Um, but he's doing some damage control. But back to fantasy football. The scam is over, John. Uh, Adam Thielen is done, done, and super done. I don't. What these new guys are going to come in and fix everything in November? Adam Thielen saw thirty targets, twenty receptions, one hundred forty-seven scoreless yards. I blame you for all of it. <laughs> um, he, he stinks. He's old. On to a more fun game. The L.A. Rams feisty. Win 37 to 14 at the Arizona Cardinals. Rams are five and six. Cardinals fall to two and ten. Kyron Williams is still undeniably slow, but also undeniably productive. 16 carries for 143 yards with another six receptions for 61 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He averaged 9.3 yards per touch in the game and now has nine touchdowns in seven games this year. I just can't. I he's congrats, Kyron. I mean, that's we liked you before the combine, and I guess just let your unbelievable lack of athleticism um, deter us 
from your productivity uh, in Notre Dame. But it's crazy what he can do in this offense that it seems like no other running back is physically capable of even coming close to. You know, and he's he's in a good, uh, what do you want to call it, cautionary tale, let's say, mm. for, for reading too much into the combine, right? Like, we both really liked him. And then staying in Philly, I mean, Gainwell's productive in, in small spurts, too. There's guys that we like, and then they go to the combine, and we go, ooh. So I think we're putting, not just you and I, but we do it, obviously. But I think we're putting too much. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I heard someone, I don't remember what podcast it was. I listen to Precious few these days, but saying that um, athleticism isn't as important at the running back position as it is for just about every other position in the NFL. There's, I mean, you you can't really understand like there's nuance and there's vision and, you know, there's, there's there's things like there's true intangibles that. Yeah. And, and I think vision is a big part of it, right? You look at Trent Richardson who checked all the boxes, except except vision. That guy would run literally box on his head. It's fucking insane when you see some of those YouTube clips of that guy. So maybe, I mean, I I don't know how to quantify it or even how to look for it on film, not being a film guy, but it's like in in hindsight, you can look back and go, I think vision might be the single most important thing, but it's not measurable. It's probably like a trust your eyes with running backs. We've We've done pretty well with running backs. And like this, like you said, Maybe as a uh, a reminder that one he fell in drafts a ton because of because so many people put stock in athleticism. We could have got him in like third or fourth round of our rookie drafts, you know, and just a, just a free Kyron Williams. And then he he really didn't do shit his rookie year either. With I know he got I believe he got hurt, but that still kind of dinged him a little bit too. So I'm sure a lot of people moved on from Kyron, but yeah, liked him his on field production at Notre Dame, um, and. He's he's really panning out here, so yeah, we might have to, uh, yeah, you know, stop uh, putting so much stock in the underwear Olympics, John. Yeah, Ooh, I, I I got an off season podcast idea. I'm going to write it down right now because we have all of our old rankings. We should compare our okay. initial rankings versus our final rankings and see if we ended up <laughs> overthinking everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we did, John. Yeah, but lessons learned. Back on track, the Cleveland Browns went to mile high and lost to the Denver Broncos 29 to 12. The Browns fell to seven and four and the Broncos went finally above 500, six and five on the season. Their current five game winning streak. This is what Russell Wilson has averaged. 179 passing yards, 1.6 TDs. He has not thrown one interception. He's averaging six, six rushing attempts for 23 yards and 0.2 touchdowns. So he's had one rushing touchdown as well. Also, uh, happy almost birthday to Mr. Unlimited. He was born 11-29-1988. So tomorrow, it's old uh, Danger Russ's birthday. So happy birthday, Russ. You're doing as little as possible to contribute to these Broncos wins. <laughs> Chiefs got down early against the Raiders in Las Vegas, right, right at your back door. But. Ended up winning and covering 31 to 17. Chiefs are now eight and three. Raiders fall to five and seven. I already said the Raiders weren't going to win another game after that first two. And <laughs> here, here it comes. 
Here it comes. Good things happen when you give Isaiah Pacheco touches. 15 carries, 55 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Caught all five of his targets for 34 scoreless yards as well. It's just I like when Jared McKinnon's out because they give a little bit to, to CEH who does nothing with it. And then Pacheco just handles the rest. Also, Rasheed Rice, who a lot of people loved, but he was another. Talk about cautionary tales, John, right? We're like, oh, we're not going to fall for this KC trap again, right? We fell for it with CEH. We fell for it with Sky Moore. We ain't going to do it. Well, Rasheed Rice looks like the real deal. Saw 10 targets. was a 29% target share. Registered a massive 8 for 107 and one touchdown game, which were all career highs. I think Rasheed Rice is legit, and they mm-hmm. need to keep him involved. Stop running this wide receiver rotation with these other like inferior players like MVS and Justin Watson and Sky Moore. Like, stop doing it. I, I had this saved for my trends, but I'll get rid of it now. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been saying it for, we've been saying it for weeks. Get the guy in there. He's obviously your best playmaker. And they finally, you know, this week you look at that stat line when he is number one in targets, he's number one in snap share, and he produces. I don't see how the fuck they can put this genie back in the bottle, e- e- even if he s- ends up stinking, right? Right. You just pepper this guy through the end of the season and make him either earn a clear wide receiver one spot for you next year or go back to the well and either attack in free agency or the draft. But now that you've seen what happens when you use him, it it would be beyond beyond insane, but also perfectly NFL predictable for them not to use him the rest of the year. No better spot than at Packers on Sunday Night Football for uh, Rishi Rice to be limited to like a 25% route participation. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> They're the worst. I hate football. On to the game of the year. My Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Buffalo Bills 37-34 to in overtime. And I'm not even going to talk about the Eagles on this one. I'm going with Josh Allen. He is the unquestioned dynasty QB one at present. There's been this him and Patrick Mahomes flip flopping in bank for the last like two to three years. It's Josh Allen. It's not Patrick Mahomes anymore. As Josh Allen has four 300 yard passing games this season, eight multi TD passing games this season, eight games with at least one rushing TD on the season, and four games with at least 40 rushing yards. Unfortunately, he was the second best quarterback on the field on Sunday. <laughs> but nonetheless, Undeniable. He is Dynasty QB1. Do you agree? Uh, I do. Here's the question for you. You're bumping Mahomes to two. How close do you have Mahomes and Hurts at two and three? I I have Hurts over Mahomes. Mahomes is three. I do too because I from I mean, obviously Mahomes has that ridiculous 50 touchdown season upside, but he brings minimal with his legs and you, you've seen some chinks in the armor with this KC offense, especially, you know, the last couple of weeks. How many weeks was it they didn't score in the second half? So you go, ooh, there are there's a, there's enough red flags to give me pause. And especially when, you know, Hertz is literally going to run in every <laughs> anytime they're down mm. and within the five. It's his touchdown to lose. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you, too. I mean, I'll give Mahomes credit. He's rushed for over 300 yards. He's got 305 yards rushing on the season. So he's starting to use his legs more. No rushing touchdowns, not not his bag. Um, but uh, there's also a concern, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, now it's like coming out that he's, you know, considering retirement and his body hurts and 10 surgeries. And, you know, he's taking his eyes off the ball. He's dating Taylor Swift. He's got a million commercials. Like, 
when Travis Kelsey goes away, that that's a to Mahomes detriment as well. He already lost Tyree Kill and he kind of teared down. He loses Kelsey again, he's going to tear down. Not to say that Mahomes is not great, but when you take the greatest tight end and one of the most explosive wide receivers of all time away from him, you can't just put Blake Bell in there and you know continue on. No offense, Blake, yeah. but not the same. It's, it's, you know, your production is going to dip and he's going to get older. So he's not going to run more as he gets older. He's going to run less. While he's capable, he usually doesn't do it. He's doing it more this year because he has less to work with. So, yeah, I just, I'm going to take the mobile rushing quarterbacks that have 10 plus rushing touchdown upside. I think they both already have 10 rushing touchdowns on the season, if I'm not mistaken, um, that can do this similar things in the passing game that Mahomes has. And they have better weapons. Mahomes has. All right, let, let's get nuts. Lamar Jackson or Mahomes today? Mahomes. You're drafting. Mahomes. I'm okay. I'm fucking sick of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm so sick of. Him. I have him so many places. I had, like I had to ask because I know you're heavy. You're in deep. I am in so deep with Lamar. It's it's insane. And listen, let's we'll, we'll get to that. Like so, let's let's pivot to the next game, right? Perfect segue. The Ravens on Sunday night football defeated the Chargers in Los Angeles, 20 to 10. The Ravens are nine and three on the year. The Chargers fall to four and seven. Your boy, John Brandon Staley has to be the next head coach fired. I just don't see really any way around this. They, they just need to, they just need to take care of business in Los, in Los Angeles. But Lamar Jackson, I just gave you all these, Josh Allen stats. Well, it's ironic that you bring Lamar Jackson up. On the other hand, has one game this year over 265 passing yards. He only has four multi-touchdown passing games on the year. He has three games where he has scored at least one rushing touchdown. He has five on the season, and he has six games with at least 45 yards rushing. So he still has a decent enough rushing floor with yardage, but he's not rushing for nearly as many touchdowns. Only three different games where he scored a rushing touchdown. He is capped in his passing. Now he doesn't have Mark Andrews. You know, he's not going to run more and more as he gets older. That will go away. Lamar Jackson, I could see him not being a quarterback one in like two to three years. Yeah. I don't. They'll never throw it enough. It, it just doesn't matter. They've got a ton of weapons for him now, and they stay. They still do the same shit. The game the plan is still the same. There's little nuance changes that Munkin brought, but it's still a run-based attack that doesn't really stretch the field, you know, and limits you know, Lamar Jackson pass attempts. Now they want to win ugly. They want to run and play defense. Still, that's that's Baltimore. And so, look, it, I mean, it works. There, I, I think they're one of the. I would take Justin Five-ish teams in the NFL. Yeah, I'd take Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson in fantasy. We're talking about Herbert, like, falling a little bit. I would, I, I'd still take Herbert. He, he runs, too. But, you know, he has much more upside as a passer than Lamar Jackson has or will have. So, Lamar Jackson's probably in, the, like, the 6-8 range for me at present as far as dynasty quarterbacks are concerned. And... He could get passed easily by like an Anthony Richardson and a CJ Stroud and continue to be pushed down next year. Bringing Caleb oh, Williams, yeah. he does half the shit that it looks like he can do on a football field. You know, that's another guy that could yeah. push him down. That guy scares the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't, I do not disagree, John, but there's, there's potential there, right? And one of these guys, the Drake May, who looks like the prototype. 
you know, comes in, you know, someone's, someone's going to be productive, but it's just once that thousand yard, like eight to 10 rushing upside loss left leaves Lamar Jackson. You are not going to like the fantasy production, my friend. You are not going to like it. On to the Monday night disaster. One of the worst games that I was forced to watch because, as <laughs> I said, I had Addison and Hawkinson going in a couple key spots. So the quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields, combined to throw 69 pass attempts for a total of 305 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions, and two fumbles lost. It was as disgusting as that stat line indicates. All four from all four interceptions came from Josh Dobbs. Both fumbles came from Justin Fields. It was a terrible game. On a fantasy note, Roshan Johnson looks like he might have finally overtaken that backfield. I'm interested to see if you had snaps from that. He did have 10 carries to Herbert's six, and he had five targets to Herbert's two. So we might have finally seen the transition to Roshan Johnson in that backfield. And that, John. Those, John, are one key stats. Yeah, quick, uh, you mentioned firing coaches here. So just I pulled up the, uh, the standings real quick and not and not scrolling, you know, if Buffalo ends up missing, there's a chance McDermott gets canned, but not looking at the guys, that not looking at the teams that are hovering around 500, looking at the bottom of the barrel here. So Carolina already fired their guy. Arizona, two wins. They just brought a new coach in. They're rebuilding something there. He probably gets another year. Belichick. Gone? Yes or no? Uh, yes, I do think okay. so. But Let's move he just up. signed a new contract, so he's going to get paid a shit ton of money. I just think it's time for both of them to, to move on. All right. Ron Rivera, four wins. Gone? 100%. Yes. Chicago Bears, four wins. <laughs> Eberflus? I think he should be gone. Uh, if, they, if they end up hitting reset with a quarterback, there's no way they're going to let Eberflus be the head coach. Absolutely correct. Uh, Giants, no, they give Debo another year. Correct. Uh, the Jets, Salah, boy, he'll get another Good. year. It wasn't his fault. They be. let Aaron Rodgers play GM for a season. Oh, here's a good one. Tennessee Titans, four wins. Vrabel seems yeah. seems well liked there, though. He is staying around, John. All right, Chargers. We said Staley for sure. Now here's an interesting one. Tampa, four and seven. Not really. What's his name's fault, but. Not, not doing anything to really win either. They should fire him. But they won't, yeah. right? Arians kind of handpicked him. He's still in the building. I, I He probably stays another year. Is Arians right? still in the building? I mean, I know he has an advisory role, but you don't even. Yeah, know. he's got some job. Yeah. Some shit. Yeah. I mean, they, they need to. They, it, it depends on, like, really what they're doing here. I mean, if they were. Truly rebuilding, they wouldn't even sign Baker Mayfield. I've said this like a hundred times. They should have just like Kyle Trask start and really bottom out because they're going to be out of the quarterback market. So unless they sign a free agent, they're going to be in the same frigging place next year. Literally. And they're still not out of it. I mean, they can still win that division because it stinks. They, they could, but they shouldn't. <laughs> You're right. Correct. Uh, you know, but you know, Todd Bowles, you know, he's, he's, Bowles, he's yeah. playing to win games. Right. So Raiders five wins. They already fired their coach Bengals. They're not firing that guy just because it's not his fault. It's all injuries. But I'm telling you, Saints, Antonio Pierce will not be the head coach of the Raiders. Actually. Uh, no He's Saints there. five and six. No, no, Dennis Allen's going to hang around. So that was it. And the only one above them is Buffalo, which would be interesting to see if they miss the playoffs, what they do. Um, they, they could lay that at McDermott's feet. Totally. 
Yeah, I mean, he's had long enough. Yeah, correct. He really has. Um, and just hasn't gotten it done. You know, this dude's and, you know, an architect to the defense, and he keeps meddling in the offense. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and it's defense right. is really nothing to write home about. So, anyway, we t- talk about coaches getting fired. I just pulled up those standings quick and was scrolling through the bottom teams there. So, should be it should be some available jobs. All right. Now, on to trends for this week. Uh, I started going through it. There weren't a bunch. Then I added some extra ones. Uh, real quick here, I'll try to fire through these as fast as possible. Seattle Seahawks, Zach Charbonnet finally got in there as the starter. And uh, I'm sure you've seen this on Twitter, but uh, not not the best lineup to get your first crack at a starting job in the NFL. Got the Niners already, gets Dallas. Niners again, Philly, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Yeah, great, great way to close out the season uh, for fantasy. No, thank you. Uh, Quez Watkins came back for your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it didn't really matter. Julio Jones, 71% snap share, his highest of the year. Three targets, caught one for zero yards. So Julio's just a – not even – a corpse is uh, disingenuous to corpses. That's just a, a shell of his former self. That sucks. Interestingly enough here, New York Jets, for weeks we've just talked about how Dalvin Cook is getting completely phased out, no interest in using him at all. All of a sudden, the last four weeks, he goes from nine – 15, 25, 33% snap share. So all of a sudden, he's moving up a bit. And, and this week, it seemed to be at the expense of Izzy. I mean, Kandanda, our guy who last week saw 18 snaps, this week back down to zero. Maybe they're just trying to get some, get their money's worth out of Cook. Um, Sal has been a little critical lately of Brees Hall. So I don't know. Maybe it's all smoke and mirrors as an excuse to beat the shit out of Cook and rest Hall because there's no reason to hurt that guy again. Um, really interesting. Alan Lazard got scratched this week, healthy scratch after this big contract. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, 95% snap share, did not lead the team. Jason Brownlee, 98%. And Xavier Gibson, who I've been talking up the last couple weeks, 72%. A, a guy I love stashing. Um, in leagues where he's available and he's in a bunch of day. I'm in some deep leagues and he's still out there. So check your waiver wires and, and dinos to stash him could be something next year. And if not, doesn't cost you shit to acquire him. Moving on to the new Orleans saints. So Michael Thomas is out. Uh, Rashid Shahid got hurt in the game. A.T. Perry led them 74% snap share. Lynn Bowden jr. Was second at 64 and Chris Olave only 47. And then Keith Kirkwood lingering out there at 35 Weird usage. I, I, I don't know if Olave got banged up during the game. I didn't see anything about it. Yeah, but he left in the third with a concussion. Oh, well, so Olave had a massive that. game through three quarters. <laughs> yes, I did see some of his. He had a really awesome catch. I saw at one point, but mm-hmm. so At Perry kind of being the de facto one, kind of tells you where he is in the pecking order and future plans. I talked about it a couple of times this year where I took him in a league over Puka and I was killing myself, kicking myself in the ass for the first half of the year. But seeing this usage when they've had to throw somebody in there, it kind of encouraging for the future. I mean, he was a big play threat. We'll see what happens the rest of the year, but I I like him as a stash too. I mentioned with Xavier Gibson, Minnesota seemed like Ty Chandler was trending upwards. Then not really kind of back to a 60, 30 split with Matson leading the way, doing nothing with it. This is uh, – I'll, I'll do the Rams last. I was going alphabetical, but there's a lot of weird shit going on with the Los Angeles Rams. I'll close with them. Jacksonville Jaguars, I mentioned it before, Deunis Johnson is clearly the number two now after they came out of their bye. Um, 
59 snaps to Tank Dell's 20, 59% to Tank's 22, Tank Dell, Jesus, Tank Bigsby. Too many tanks in the league right now. 59 to 22. Johnson is clearly the number two now. Uh, Tank Bigsby out of the picture completely. Zay Jones is back, and despite an arrest for domestic violence, has been reinserted as their <laughs> number three there. Uh, and he, he's certainly usable in your flex, especially with all these buys coming up. He does have pretty good chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Indianapolis Colts, you sent me a thing before you started recording. Looks like Jonathan Taylor injured his thumb. Doesn't Seems like it might be significant, maybe not, but Zach Moss got more involved again this week. Eight carries for 55, three targets, hauled in two for 15. So seeing him get more involved, plus the Jonathan Taylor injury news, ready for a Zach Moss championship uh, championship rosters. That's what we're looking at right there. Detroit Lions, Jameson Williams suddenly trending up. He seems to be the number two now. It's what you know, kind of a one-game sample. We'll see, but he's been trending up the last couple weeks, but now it seems like it is Amonra and Jamo as their one and two, which is probably where they plan on being to start the year if he wasn't gambling on <laughs> Lions property like an asshole. Denver, kind of surprising here. Jaleel McLaughlin, somebody we talked about a lot earlier in the year. Um, got a little bit of a run and looked good with it when uh, Javante Williams got banged up. However, boy, kind of disappeared completely. Last three games for coming out of the bye, 11 snaps, eight snaps, and two snaps. I mean, he's not even remotely being used at all. None, no part of the game plan. You and I, I think, thought even when Javante Williams came back that he – you know, the team talked him up quite a bit. It seemed like they liked him. They liked his skill set. There was a world where he would possibly, you know, take on some sort of, you know, RB2 role for that team, but that has not been the case. Completely vanished. Cedric Tillman for the Cleveland Browns, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, just doesn't come off the field, but they don't use him. That did change this week. Uh, in week 12, he saw five of his 14 targets on the year. He had four of his seven receptions on the year and has 55 of his 65 yards on the season. So they finally got him a little more involved. Not sure if that had to do with, uh, I didn't see where those came from. I know PJ Walker got in there after an injury. Um, so I don't know if maybe he played with Walker. I'm about 99% sure all of that productivity came with DTR in the first half. So that's not good. I, I, I was actually, I had my fingers crossed. It was the other way nope. that he pra- maybe practiced a little more with uh, PJ Walker. And then they had a little chemistry built. So you've just uh, stomped on that dream. The Chicago bears, you mentioned earlier, Roshan Johnson, 74% of snaps, Khalil Ooh. Herbert, 21%. Deion Foreman was uh, out with, uh, I believe, an ankle or shin injury. <sighs> Makes no sense. A week ago, Herbert came back from injury. Looked to be the preferred guy. Then he plays a week, and now he's not the preferred guy. Just kind of bad teams make bad decisions. Not really sure what's going on here. I would suspect shitty teams doing shitty things. I bet next week when people put Johnson in their lineups, it's going to be another Khalil Herbert week. Going to need more than one week to decide what's going on here, but don't don't like it either way. Speaking of things I don't like, the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Bijan Robinson has has a nice game. Uh, 16 carries, 91 yards, a touchdown, gets another touchdown in the air. 
So, of course, you got to make sure Tyler Algier gets his 10 carries for 64. And for good measure, let's start getting Cordero Patterson heavily involved here for eight carries for 43 for, I believe, his best game of the year. I mean, just muddled isn't is an understatement. There's not even an appropriate word for what they're doing here. Uh, Just criminal misuse of talent. I hate them so much. The Arizona Cardinals, they brought in Michael Carter after he was released from the Jets. 38% snapshot out of the gate, four carries for 19 yards, caught four passes on four targets for another 15. Nothing incredible, but, you know, somebody who in flashes, little spurts here and there with the Jets has looked capable as an NFL running back. James Conner is, is old and injury prone. Carter might be a guy that's definitely worth stashing with your fingers crossed for next year. It wouldn't, if we're talking a year from today and we go, oh, Michael Carter's the lead back for Arizona. That's not the craziest thing in the world, especially with the way teams recycle and use running backs in the NFL. So I kind of, another guy I kind of like is a deep stashy type uh, out of nowhere, Greg Dortch. Uh, the last two games, you ready for this? 17 targets, nine receptions, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, previous to this, the remainder of the, the first part of the entire NFL season, two targets, one catch for two yards. So this guy just exploded out of nowhere. Not really any good reasons for it. I know Hollywood Brown was a, a little banged up recently, but not enough where Dorch becomes the focal point of the offense. Pretty bizarre. And circling back to the L.A. Rams. Cooper Cups, last five games. You ready for this? Three receptions, one reception, two receptions, four receptions, two receptions. He used, he has, to, do, he used to do that in one game. Yes, so that's 12 receptions. Well, you led me right into it. 12 yeah. receptions, last five games for 127 yards. Six games ago, seven receptions, mm-hmm. 148, and one touchdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it blew all those numbers out of the water pretty much. And it's not like it has come because Puka Nakua has been realized and they're using him instead of cup. He's only hit, he's outperformed them, but it hasn't been nuts. 23 receptions, three twenty-six and one. I don't know where the, yeah, they're, it's they're not. Are, it's clearly affecting them. They're finding other people like Tyler Higby had a two touchdown game. Kyron Williams came back and caught two, two, two out. will let him in receiving. Like, yeah, they're not. Matt Stafford isn't forcing passes to anyone anymore. Before, yeah, which is before, gross. before when Cup was hurt at the beginning of the year, he forced him to Puka. No one else. Cup came back, and it was more Cup than Cup got hurt, and and Nakua was hurt. Now it's like, okay, now we're spreading it around. Yeah, very very weird. And and you mentioned Higby having this big game this previous week. Um, very strange tight end usage. Hunter Long came came back from injury finally. 22% snap share. Davis Allen, 13%. Bryson Hopkins didn't uh, see a single snap. The, the the most anyone had since week one, other than Higby, was 15%. So Hunter Long and Davis Allen both were on the field more than any other tight end has been for 11 weeks, which is just nuts because – Higby also had a good game in that process. So kind of interesting to see. I, I know before the season is, started. They they were blowing him out. And I know that Higby caught both his touchdowns in the first half. They were up 24 to 8 in the third quarter. 
So they probably got those two other guys snaps. When it was also not, that would be my my assumption in this game. I mean, they won by. It's good to see. I mean, Allen was one of the deeper tight end guys we've liked coming in as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Hunter Long, I I liked in Miami. They when he was mm-hmm. there, he was just buried behind Gasecki. And and we were talking, I think, and and even the Rams were talking. Wasn't Higby like a trade guy possibly this coming into the year? Mm-hmm. So seeing them get on the field when they're finally in a spot where they can get on the field and getting heavily used. There's another two uh, deep kind of stashes I have for, for waivers for dynasty because mm. Bryson Hopkins uh, has done nothing with his chances much as I wanted him to be the guy, but you could do a lot worse again than throwing some free darts on long and, and Davis Allen. I, just, I, I, you know, Higby's older tight ends get hurt often. It, it will be one of them at some point in, you know, Sooner rather than later, unless they really hammer in the draft. But yeah, the Rams were just super all over the field, all over the place, and weird. So that concludes the trends for this week. Talk about one more LA guy who we didn't mention through all this. Royce Freeman. His last two games, 30 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown. He's been super productive. He has a 12 for 66 game on the year, a 9 for 44, and a touchdown game. He's been really good <laughs> when he's been given the ball on the running downs. I mean, he averaged just shy of six yards per carry against Arizona. I mean, he gets buried in the Kyron Williams stat line, but he had a decent game himself. You know, 13.7 PPR points didn't get involved in the passing game. But listen, you know, with with everything that's going on, might, might be losing Jonathan Taylor now. Who knows? Like, yeah, Bruce Freeman has value, like true value, like. Flex I had the, I played I played him and Kyron Williams in one lineup this week. <laughs> and I had no choice. It's a beautiful thing. Congrats on that victory. Yeah, I mean they uh, gutted the Arizona Cardinals, but yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of interesting usage uh, going on around the league at this point in time. So um, I've throttled down my uh, breakouts, busts, and buys because you know breakouts have already happened, busts have already yeah. been realized. Uh, so we'll we'll keep it down to buys. But I did create this little crazy fact section as I was looking by, looking through these games for some teams. Um, and I just took one player by position just to, to pull out a crazy fact or something that maybe it's not crazy, just shocked the shit out of me um, when I saw it. So we're just going to go position by position. So quarterback, Josh Dobbs has more rushing touchdowns on the season than Lamar Jackson does. So I'm just going to continue to hammer on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Josh Dobbs has six rushing touchdowns on the year. Lamar Jackson has five. That's just facts. I'm like, holy moly. Josh Dobbs, third most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback this year. Running back, Brian Robinson is PPR running back five. Jesus. On the season. I I just I can't shake that. I just he stinks. He stinks so bad. It's just that Washington offense is just constantly chasing points. He's not even doing it really running. He's catching balls. I think he has three receiving touchdowns. And it's been I mean, not not to take anything away from him, but it's been just volume too. I mean, Gibson has either fumbled or injured himself out of the lineup repeatedly. They had that one game with Chris Rodriguez, but it's been it's been just volume, which you know that's what you need, unfortunately. Yeah, or and fortunately, you're talking, you're talking about a guy that had uh, fifteen for fifty three with another two for eleven receiving in this last game, so didn't do shit. Three point one and what five point three. So, three point one, eight point four points is last week, and he's still 
you know, uh, running back five on the season. It's just more of attrition, too. He hasn't missed any games. Um, but facts are facts. He's RB5. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson is currently the wide receiver 43 overall, despite only playing in five games this year. He is wide receiver three in a PPR points per game. It shocked me that he was still that high in the season. You want to know something crazy? Wide receiver thought, four still. <laughs> I thought he was going to be higher. I, I actually thought he was going to be higher than that. Well, yeah, we'll see. It's crazy one way or the other. I, I expected that to scan a little bit to find him, but no, he is a still a wide receiver four, and he has not played in you know going on two months at this point in time. Lastly, Kyle Pitts has four career touchdowns on 228 targets. Donald Parham has four touchdowns this year on 58 targets. He's the pits. <laughs> Nuts. That was I, I, some things as I'm scrolling through. I'm like, wow, really? The first one was like, Dots, really? Uh, Brian Robinson, you got to be kidding me. Oh, that's Justin Jefferson? And I was like, Kyle Pitts just doesn't score touchdowns. Let me go take a look. Ah, Donald Parham. Has as many career touchdowns, as many touchdowns this year as the unicorn, Kyle Pitts, is supposed to change the position. How much of this can we blame on Arthur Smith? And how much of it is that it's it's not that it's not that simple? I'm right, going we, with a little bit of A, a little bit of B. But I, yeah. I lean more B. I, I actually lean more on it's just not that simple more it's than Arthur Smith. Not, right. But his rookie year might have like set us up a little bit, right? Matt Ryan was just hyper targeting him. Matt Ryan was sure and like tight ends. Still only had like one touchdown his rookie year with all that volume, found his way to a thousand yards. You know, and then it's like been more dispersed thereafter, where he's not clearly the wide receiver one on the team. They go and Drake Drake London, he falls down a peg. Now they get B. John Robinson who can catch passes. He falls down another peg. Like Coppins might have to get out of Atlanta to have his fantasy value realized because there's not going to be a spike. As long as Arthur Smith's the head coach, those two guys are, you know, also commanding touches and a subpar quarterback is under center. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think a, a different quarterback that wants to pepper tight ends would make a bigger difference than Arthur Smith personally, but Arthur Smith loves throwing it to the tight end. He just just tight end game is Johnny Smith. <laughs> Your 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 uh, Justin Jefferson thing got me looking. I more crazy than the Justin Jefferson thing to me is old Kirky Cousins still number seventeen ahead of Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Justin Fields. He was having a year. He was having a year. So, so yeah, to, to me, that's even crazier. Yeah, I'm a huge Captain Kirk guy. Yeah, only in eight games, and he only had. Justin Jefferson for five of those eight games. And he tore his ACL in one of those other three. Or sorry, it's Achilles. And still was being, was uber productive as a statue quarterback. Yeah, it sucks. Also, uh, a lot of Kirk Cousins. All right. What do you got so for I, these I was going to do the matchups this week as usual, but I found something else I thought since we are, at the end of the day, a dynasty podcast. I pulled up <laughs> the one QB rookie ADP from before the season. And it, it, I, where I fell down this rabbit hole was I, when I was doing some of the uh, player trends, I was like, son, this guy kind of sucks. This guy isn't doing what I thought. So I'm just going to run through ADP and just quick reaction to guys. If they're 
worth it or not worth it. There's a few that we know are going to be worth it. We'll just kind of, I'll just say worth it. And then we'll debate a few of these other ones. So I'll just run through it as fast as I can. One and two was Bijan and Gibbs. They are both totally uh, been worth it so far. Number three in ADP was JSN. Uh, jury's out, not with Gino, not with Lockett, and not with Metcalf there. I have lots of concerns about this if I was picking third, and that's who I took. Yeah. Um, I didn't like where he landed. I didn't like Seattle. Um, yeah. There's so many teams could have used them. Seattle's really playing it for the future, you know, largely sure. after Tyler Lockett's gone. So I still am optimistic on them, but, you know, seeing what Addison's done and even just seeing spurts of Zay Flowers and seeing friggin' Tank Dell explode, just thinking of passing offense, you should still see more from JS. But I don't even see, like, I don't even see a path to better quarterback there. Drew Locke is horrific. Geno Smith has turned into Geno Smith. They're not going to be picking early enough in the foreseeable future to really address the position. I don't see how he becomes anything until he moves on from Seattle. I wonder if they could trade for a veteran like, uh, say, Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right. So Cousins would be a free agent. They can sign him if they want. Yeah, that was the first debatable guy. All right. Jordan Addison looks amazing. Uh, Quentin Johnson. Bust, um, right? If you um, had to pick now, okay. Um, Boom. Zay Flowers, again, like the player, don't like the landing spot. Similar situation as JSN, but we've seen him make plays. So I think I think if you took him at, at sixth overall, you're feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, there's guys I would have taken over him then that I still would now, but I don't – yeah, I'm not a – he wasn't a bad pick. All right, Zach Charbonnet next. I I still like the player. He he's and actually he's probably a good buy low this offseason because he's gonna get a little run here. And I listed his opponents, he's gonna look like shit. And it's not his fault. <laughs> so I am curious to see kind of what you can get him for this offseason when he appears to suck, even though it's not him sucking. So I, I'm cautiously optimistic there. Yeah, I mean, I also I think he's a little bit older for a running back too. Mm, it says he's twenty two. Is that it? Okay, I thought he was twenty three already. But you know, he's going to be lined up. They're, him and Ken, Kenneth Walker were both second round picks. They're going to marginalize each other, barring injury for the next couple of years, which I hate. But they do like running the ball in Seattle, so I guess it could be worse. But you're 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 selling me a tale of doom and gloom with Geno Smith for the next two years. Well. Uh, I'm I'm not that optimistic about the the 1B running back in that offense. All right, next up, Anthony Richardson, superstar stud, went on the field. Can he stay on the field? That's going to be his question mark. I don't think we have any disagreement there. Next up, uh, ninth pick was Dalton Kincaid. Uh, when, when he when he's getting targeted, when he's been heavily involved with Dawson Knox out of there, can't can't knock that at all. He's looked pretty good. He's already a tight end one. Yeah. And then uh, next up, in Devin A. Chain, man, super good when he's out there. Mm. Little, little fella, though. Can he stay out there? Early reports, <laughs> one season in the NFL say no. It, it, as long as I know he's out, I, I like the player. But if he ends up being one of these guys where he's like, 
game time decision y or gets hurt after his third carry. I, I, I'm I, I'm cautiously pessimistic on him. Yeah, my concern with HN was truly his size. I mean, watching how productive he was in the SEC running was it kept shocking me when I was watching the tape. I'm like, how is he doing this? Like, and then he picks up an injury early on in his rookie campaign. Then he comes back. He's productive for a little stretch. He picks up another injury. He comes back from that. He aggravates that injury already. So he caught like a shoulder in like the preseason where he missed some time. Now it's a knee injury already. Like we're talking in his, in his rookie season, he's picked up two injuries that caused him to miss significant time uh, already. And he plays in a scheme that just destroys running backs. <laughs> just absolutely destroys. It's them. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he's, he's a one contract guy, but I mean, talking about guys that, you know, where they're ranked in limited games in five games, Devon a chain and PPR is still running back 29 on the season. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Pick, pick 11 and 12 to wrap up the first Kendra Miller and Jonathan Mingo. Mingo got the giant bump after the combine ended up with pretty decent ADP, but he is stuck on Carolina. We both don't like Bryce young. Uh, I think me thinks he stinks now. <laughs> And Kendra Miller, I like. We haven't seen enough. I, I, will, I will grade him as an incomplete, but there's not a path for him to get on the field as long as uh, Jamal Williams is healthy and Alvin Kamara is not kicking the shit out of people in my backyard. I mean, there's no guarantee of that. Right. True story. So, there could be a world, but you're right. I mean, I think Jamal Williams has two two years where, you know, in his contract that he's likely still there next year with Kamara. Kendrick Miller just can't seem to get healthy. There's some knee thing going on that he dealt with at the end of his college career that's kind of still persistent through his rookie year where he would have had an opportunity with Jamal Williams missing time. But, yeah, he's missed out on I like the player, but I don't like the opportunity. I don't like the start at all. So I'll go with incomplete, but I'm starting to uh, trend in – might be might already be time to try and get anything you can for him. Sure. All right. Now I'll just kind of go through the second first half of the second round here. Michael Meyer, Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, Marvin Mintz, Ty J. Spears, Bryce Young. Meyer, you know, takes tight ends a while to really catch on, but they've used him. He's looked okay when he's got a little have a, a little more involved in that offense. Josh Downs has looked pretty good in Indy. It'll be interesting to see when they actually have their quarterback back there. We already discussed Rashi Rice. We're both happy there. Mims, another guy we like when they use him. He's in the Rashi Rice boat. He looks good when you use him. Just fucking use the guy. And Tajay Spears, same thing. That Those three guys are kind of in the same boat, except Rice actually has uh, been used. And then Bryce Young, uh, I think we both think stinks for fantasy. So, not a bad group there to start the second. Anybody in particular you are up or down on? No, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Rasheed Rice would be a clear first-round pick um, at this Today, point. Yeah. You know, if we were doing it again, um, Mayer going before Laporta, even then, is shocking. I mean, both of us had Laporta uh, above Mayer. Um, but, yeah, he's he's starting to come on in Las Vegas. And Tajay Spears is a, a wait and see. I'd rather have Tajay Spears than Kendrick Miller. Oh, right now, just, uh, yes. straight up, I would take it. I mean, you can't get that trade now because Kendra Miller just isn't playing football. And Tajay Spears, every time he touches it, he looks good. But, you know, that that would be an up-down I would make in a second. I would have Tajay Spears. Over. Wrapping up the 
wrapping up the second, Roshan Johnson, Jaden Reed, CJ Stroud, Tank Bigsby, Laporta, and Jalen Hyatt. Roshan Johnson, it's just the fucking Bears stink, and they don't use these guys properly, and they get banged up, and somebody else gets the touches. Like the player, don't like the situation with Chicago. Jaden Reed we liked, and he's looked awesome. We both uh, are getting matching CJ Stroud tattoos after the season. Tank Bigsby's been a fucking bust. He's stunk. Uh, Sam Laporta, probably a first-round pick, right, if we redid this again. Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hyatt finally came on. They finally got him involved, but hard to really grade him with what the fuck they've got going Mm -hmm. on at quarterback. And But I I liked – if we did this a week ago, I just said he stinks, obviously can't get on the field, but he finally got on the field. They got him some targets, and he looked productive. So yuck, but trending up for him. Anybody there you want to trash or praise (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I love the CJ throughout that day. I was like, hey, wait, see where we get them. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hyatt, you know, five for 109. The two weeks prior, he had a three targets, one catch for seven yards. I mean, he's a, he's going to be a boomer bust guy, but that was a need for them. So it was a good landing spot for him, even though he fell in the draft. But, you know, Jaden Reed, I agree with you. Um, and Roshan Johnson can like the player all we want, but they're still running the committee in, in Chicago. And who knows what's going to be going on there next year. Um, with, with that offense. So, yeah, uh, locks up there. All right. Third round, Chase Brown, done nothing, been hurt. Kind of knew he wasn't going to get on the field because they just run everything through Mixon. No RB2 ever did anything in that offense. Cedric Tillman, we like the player. He, the, the team likes him. He never leaves the field, but no production till this week. Luke Musgrave, who I loved, Way too low. Think that guy's going to be a, a stud. Uh, Izzy, incomplete. Hasn't been on the field at all. Keishon Boutte was picked 29 in drafts. That guy's fucking garbage. And speaking of garbage, my guy, Zach Evans, at pick 30. So that's a pretty yucky group with the exception of Musgrave. I still like Izzy, but hate the landing spot and the usage so far. Yeah, you had, you had a placeholder for uh, Zach Evans. Just set. You had a default pick made. He came to the third round. John's picking Zach Evans. Yeah. Every draft. And turns out it was Kyron Williams all along. Um, <laughs> and I'm with you on Musgrave. I, I like the Uber athletic. That's, that's, I'm, I'll always lean in athleticism with a tight end. You know, yeah. You know, running back be damned. I will with tight end and Musgrave, <clears throat> super athletic and just a clear pass. You know, unfortunately, he's hurt now. And I did like Tucker Craft as well, which does kind of muddy things a little bit, but yeah, Musgrave's going to be legit. He's going to be a top 12 tight end probably as early as next year in dynasty. So yeah, no, no, uh, nothing more to see here. All right. Wrapping up the third, probably the best, the steal of the draft. Tank Dell was 31. Mm. Will Levis next boy. One, one awesome game out of the gate. And that guy has just sucked since, but I don't know if it's him or just that shitty offense. Michael Wilson, 33rd overall. Um, been been great when he's on the field can't stay on the field which was the knock coming out of college so i think you're getting precisely what you thought you were getting out of him then deuce vaughn who was a stretch where he got a little involved and nothing darnell washington a fucking ghost even when fairmouth was out for a couple weeks and then tyler scott was uh adp the last was pick 36 which like the player again that that bears offense is not good enough to support two wide receivers, let alone three, if he even became the wide receiver three there. So that's a pretty – he got tanked Dell, and then uh, – 
kind of some yuck. I, I, I still like Michael Wilson, but same thing. I mean, you're going to be, you can't trust him week in, week out. Yeah, I'm with you there. The, the one, Tyler Scott, who I was unreasonably high on, ended up in Chicago. I think Mooney's gone next year. Tyler Scott plays a similar role potentially in that offense a year from now and could be catching passes from you know a different quarterback with a different head coach and scheme. Tyler Scott's probably someone you could get for nothing or he might be sitting on your waiver wire. I'm not totally done on him, but I think you're you're pretty spot on on, on everyone else. There's a couple incompletes in there. You know, Michael Wilson injured? Yeah, of course he is. He's always injured. <laughs> Right. So, but good when he's playing. That's the best yeah, part, yeah. right? Like, no, when he's on the field, he's good. Man. He's just never on the field. You know, the best ability. But yeah, that's a, it's interesting, you know, how, how some of these have went. I mean, obviously, Puka Nakua came out of nowhere. He, he was not highly regarded. He was a fourth or fifth round pick for everyone, even people that liked him. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll run through the fourth quick. You'll love these names okay. Eric Gray, Sean Tucker, Evan Hall, Dwayne McBride. Brenton Strange, Luke Schoenmacher, A.T. Perry, Hendon mm. Hooker, who I still like as a stash, Tucker Kraft, who get, look got, got one start, got in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken, Chris mm-hmm. Rodriguez, Parker Washington, and then Puka wrapping up the fourth, who obviously nobody saw coming. What? No, 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 no one to this degree, even people that liked him. I mean, I like the athleticism, you know, or the dual threat ability. It's not the athleticism from him, but just, you know, he was getting rush attempts, you know, he was – he was using a variety of ways and was hearing these loose Debo comps for him, which made him appealing, but no one predicted he was going to do what he's going to do. It was running back heavy. And that's, I subscribe to, you know, round four <laughs> pick running backs because they're, they're the ones that can, you know, an injury away can pop out of nowhere. Just ironically, none of those guys are even an injury away from relevancy on, yeah. on their respective teams right now. So it's unfortunate. And then, yeah, I mean, Tucker Craft, I like. Schoenmacher, if Ferguson didn't fire, could have been something there with him in this Cowboys offense. But, you know, Puka and A.T. Perry, you know, uh, pretty decent. You know, you're pretty pretty satisfied with your fourth-round pick. And then the only guys to mention going outside of these four rounds, Trey Palmer, who I, I need more Trey Palmer. I don't have enough. I, that guy, man, if he got a full workload, I would – be super excited to see what he can do. Xavier Hutchinson doesn't get a lot of playing time, but he seems when he gets on the field, he makes a play for Houston. I, I get Bobby Trees out of there and squeeze him in the lineup where you can. Man, I would really like to see Collins, Hutchinson, and, and Tank as their three receivers. That'd be interesting. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, guy mm-hmm. you liked, and he's finally getting on the field pretty explosive. Uh, another Tampa receiver, Raheem Jarrett. Doesn't get on the field, but he's made a couple of plays this year where you kind of see why he was a Debbie darling for a while. A couple years of development. Do I like him this year? Next year? Probably not, but talk to me in 2025, maybe. And then uh, the last guy in ADP, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who fucking is a starting NFL quarterback. But overall, so here's my thoughts on this, where this went. What do you give this draft class as a grade now, now that we've got a year, essentially, a fantasy season under our belt? Uh, starting Superflex and tight end premium, which is primarily the no, no, no. You know, if you go tight end premium, it gets a giant bump because yeah. there's yeah. three or four. Okay, so we're just talking one QB standard scoring. 
or super flex. I don't think it matters. Um, yeah, I guess it's, I mean, there's two quarterbacks really and super yeah. flex. <laughs> two, two, you know, a couple of running backs. Um, a B, a flat B. Oh, see, I'm going. I, I'm leaning C minus. I think this is a group of garbage. Well, see, I like both running backs. I think both of them are dynasty RB ones. I think. But, uh, okay, yeah. there's two. There's yeah, two. That's no good. Like Adam Richardson are QB ones. Um, even in a standard scoring, we need tight ends, and there's three or four that are going to be tight end ones in dynasty, and then wide receiver. I mean, it hasn't been. It hasn't been the greatest class. There's always like a down position, right? But I do still like Addison. I do still like Jason. You know, I, I think Zay Flowers is solid. And then we got a little bit out of like the Puka Nakua's of the world. And also, what would be that? All right. You're, you, you and I are grading it differently. I see what you're doing. So I get, I get why you gave it a better grade than me. I'm like grading on a sliding scale of overperforming and disappointment. So like if you, if you came out of round one with two picks and had JSN and Quentin Johnson, you're feeling like shit now. But if you came out of round two and had a couple picks and you came out with Downs, Rasheed Rice, and Mims, you're like, oh, I like where this is going. So I'm kind of – and fucking Jaden Reed you could have had. So for me, I'm <laughs> there are some good guys later, but the earlier guys seem to disappoint more this year. Like I don't like – most of the names I ripped off in rounds one and two, but I sure like a lot of the guys from, or let's say top 18, not thrilled, but the, but after that, there's a lot of gems that I think more than usual, like even Michael Wilson, I consider a hit because you, you're end of the third, you knew what you were getting and he's been playable when he's been out there. So I, I like, I consider him a hit whereas like, you know, Chase Brown, garbage. Tank Bigsby, garbage. <laughs> Scroll up. So I, I see why you're giving it a B. But yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, I, I, I graded on overall value, you know, and contribution to fantasy, and then also where we had some of these guys, right? Because we're not going to end up with two two duds, likely. We're, we're, we, we had a pretty rock-solid rankings you know, of these guys, as we do. Most years, yeah. So we're going to come away with with some value um, in these rounds. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shoot myself in the leg twice in the first round of a draft. I mean, I have like one share of Quentin Johnson. I think I got him at like one ten. Right? We just we weren't that high on him. Right? Yeah. It's like, just I'm not going to find my way into too much Quentin Johnson exposure. Right? The one guy I was down on was Josh Downs. Um, and I think it's only because I felt like I had to pick between him and Zay Flowers of undersized receivers. And I was so pro Zay Flowers that I just faded Josh Downs. I have, I don't think I have any Josh Downs and he's been really good. In, in Look, and, 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 and in hindsight, we, you know, talk about things we whiffed on. We should have just hit the, these undersized guys. If we came no, out of this with Zay Flowers, Josh Downs and fucking Tank Dell, you're looking back going, oh, and, and Jaden Reed, let's throw him in the undersized pile. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, you'd be thrilled with that. Yeah, you're flying already. Yeah, you take Shit, the too. Go get yourself an eighteen. Go get an eight chain, a Jameer Gibbs, and a Keaton Mitchell. Right, sub two hundred pound backs. Right. Yeah, the year year of the minis. Yeah, the little, the little guys, other than quarterback, obviously. I mean, that's that's the the one <laughs> where where it goes the other way. You don't want the sub six foot quarterback. I think I just got an article idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at what we can do. All right. And it's yeah, funny because I did, I did throw a couple buys out and I think it's great. Just put a bell on us. I had Trey Palmer as a buy, which is great that you just went on like a little Trey Palmer range. He saw at least four targets in each of the last five games. And Mike Evans could be gone next year. There's also a chance they end up just giving him a new contract. So he retires a buck, which would not surprise me. But if Evans wants to go chase a championship, he sure shit knows it ain't happening in Tampa. And if Palmer ends up being on, you know, starting outside wide receiver with a different quarterback next year, I, I love Trey Palmer. I'm still on Amari De Mercado. You mentioned uh, Michael Carter. I'm still on De Mercado. Um, James Conner's contract keeps around for like one more year. Um, so it's going to take an injury. He's he's extremely palatable contract. And then last is Daniel Bellinger. Uh, he hasn't done shit. And Tommy DeVito, you mentioned with Jalen Hyatt, isn't mm-hmm. going to like, you know, bring any, you know, light. He's not going to enhance these receivers. But a year three breakout wouldn't surprise me from him. I don't know if Darren Rodgers on this team next year. And I really like Bellinger. So I just wanted to give him a, another shout out on this late in the season. Some guys you could probably buy relatively cheap. Trey Palmer has done shit. Daniel Bellinger isn't, you know, in someone's plans for winning a championship this year. Um, and Dan Marcos is probably on your waiver wire. I think, I think Bellinger's completely forgot about, and he's somebody you and I have liked for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's getting a shot, but it's, it's in a, it's in a world where it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So well, there's, <laughs> Some of the some of the buy guys that I had on the, on the way out of here, you know. not getting the Tommy DeVito bump. He's not getting, he's not getting, he's not getting the Italian stallion treatment. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I thought that'd be fun. I, I pulled up that ADP for something else, and I looked at it. I was like, oh, I don't think I like any of this draft <laughs> except for the tight ends, which is crazy because I think last year I started saying I'm done drafting tight ends. I'm just going to trade for them. But I, I just loved Laporta and Musgrave, especially so much. And, and even uh, Tucker Craft. I was like, oh, I'm going to get far too many tight ends that I even wanted to get this year. And I, I, I went against what my strategy was going in and I am thrilled with it i have a ton of laporta and that guy's gonna <laughs> looks like he's gonna carry some of my teams for a decade yep yeah yeah so sammy ball game yeah yeah uh, can't wait till we uh we're debating the the 2024 nfl class it's, it's gonna be here before we know it. <laughs> oh it's right around the corner for, for dynasty shit year's over buddy year's yep. over yep. <laughs> so that will, yep so that will do it for us this week for myself, John DeBarry, my co-host Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. I got rid of, yeah, I, I, I barely ever watched the Thursday. I was just angry it existed, and then... Uh, I dumped ESPN a couple of years ago, so I haven't seen Monday Night Football since it went to ESPN either. Yeah, Monday Night Football is on ABC too, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was only for like the first two weeks of the year or some shit. Nope. Watched it all, all year. Time. It's on ABC every um, week. Where I've watched it all year, John. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah, it says ESPN on ABC on the top of the screen. Is it on ESPN also? Don't know. Don't know ESPN. I assume yes. That's probably where like the Manning cast and that shit is. I think that's. So it's on two channels at the same time every Monday. Mm -hmm. So I could have watched Monday. I'm not interested, but I could have been watching. I mean, you can watch next Monday. Yes. Really? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Good to know.
I'm so convinced that it's only on ESPN. I feel like you're busting my balls. <laughs> oh, you want to watch the? You want to watch uh, Bengals oh, no. at Jaguars on Monday? Bengals quarterback name again? I wanted to say his name. I uh, Jake Browning. There you go. What Browning at Lawrence? Yeah, like that. That's the Monday night game. You know how much? You know how much I'll enjoy my life more when I don't even have Jake Browning's name bouncing around somewhere. Worry about Jake Browning tanking your fantasy team. I have so much Joe Barrow. It's insane. So much and a fair amount of Jamar Chase though, and Joe Mixon, and they're all just anti Higgins. And they're all yeah. Well, T Higgins, yeah, he he did that earlier this year all by himself. My man is like, you're not you're not paying me. I'm gonna be a free agent now. Joe Barrow's out. If I'm T Higgins, I'm not taking another snap. I mean, definitely not trying to catch passes from Jake Browning. You're not making yourself. You're not making any money going out there and trying to catch. I mean, the only thing that can happen is turn your ACL, right? Yeah. Jake Browning giving you a good old medicine ball (laughs) right over the middle. The hospital ball <laughs> over the middle of the medicine. Ball. <laughs> 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 Dude, thanks. Yeah, lead your <laughs> lead your lead your brain directly to a safety shoulder patch. Yeah, that's 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 what Jake Brown is gonna do. <laughs> 